to bring you another episode of the Would Recommend Podcast, a culture podcast from me, Nick Ratliff. I hope everybody listened to the first episode, um, and if you did, thank you so much. Um, I'm really glad to have gotten this podcast uh, up off the ground here, um, and a special thanks to my dear, dear friend, uh, Josh Durrell. It was a great, great time um, just talking about music with him and um, just uh, chatting about all the things that we love. Uh, which is, like I said in the last episode, what we usually do, but it's great to get it um, on digital wax, so to speak, um, if, if that's a term. Um, but, uh, you know, he was a great first guest, and uh, if you haven't listened, uh, you, can, you can definitely check that episode out uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on Stitcher, uh, Stitcher.com now, and um, it's on our own website uh, that I made, WoodRecommendPodcast.com. So you can go there. Oh, and it's on SoundCloud, Sound SoundCloud as well. Um, so you can go to any of those places. Just look for the Wood Recommend Podcast. It's actually just Wood Recommend Podcast, and you can uh, listen to it there. And uh, I hope you like it. Uh, this week's episode is going to be a bit different than that one um obviously i'd love to get as many awesome guests on here as i possibly can and i'm definitely working towards that and we will have a guest on the next episode that is confirmed um but uh this week it was just people seemed to be busy i reached out to a lot of different people um and nobody could wasn't really able to nab anybody to be quite honest um so uh, and I didn't want to leave you in the lurch on content here for um, a, a very long time. So I'm going to be doing this episode. It's just me, just me and you, listener, today. Um, but I do have some awesome stuff to talk about, some stuff that um, I'm pretty passionate about, um, especially the first thing I'm going to talk about here in a second. Um and some stuff to just uh, recommend to you, which is the you know the basis of this podcast. So, um, without further ado, uh, last week I mentioned that I was a big sports fan at the top of the show, um, and we didn't with our guest Josh. We didn't um, really get into sports at all, but I do want to make that part of this show um, in some way. I don't sports talk radio or a lot of different sports podcasts but I do want it to be an element of the show because that's a huge part of my life and of my interests it's many people would say that know me would probably say it's my number one interest I am I've been a giant sports fan for as long as I can remember remember all different types of sports and currently uh, in the sports world the thing that has uh, taken over my sports interest and um, has grabbed me and stolen my sports heart is this U.S. women's national team. Uh, it will be more than two weeks, maybe even three weeks, um, since they nabbed their <laughs> second Women's World Cup championship trophy in a row um, when you hear this. But they just everything about that team and those women just they stole my heart like I said um you know the men's team is really fun they're going through a lot of changes I love and support the men's team I obviously want them to hopefully someday um emerge as maybe a contender for a world cup i think they have a lot of great young talent but they're going through a lot of uh growing pains right now um in that department and the women's team um are are the best in the world and this particular iteration of the u.s women's national team might be the best u.s or not just u.s women's national team of all time they might be the best international team women's interna international team ever assembled and 
what I even what I love even more about them is um, going on U.S. Soccer's YouTube channel and seeing behind the scenes videos of all of them and getting to kind of get a look into each player's personality uh, throughout that World Cup run uh, a few weeks ago here. Um, they're, they're 23 unique personalities. They each bring or each brought something special to the team that ended in them going back to back and winning the the fourth overall women's world cup for, for the United States. And, um, I am, I've decided that I'm kind of going to be on a crusade to promote the National Women's Soccer League and to get in and support the National Women's Soccer League because, I mean, a lot of Americans just watch the World Cup on the men's and the women's side. Um, I've I've been a big supporter of MLS um, on the men's side for a long time with Sporting Kansas City um, and the Wizards um, before they were Sporting Kansas City. But I think the women, you know, they you know they don't just play on the the u.s national team like like the men they they play in this uh in this uh national women's soccer league year round or not year round but you know in between you know the the world cup and the and the and the olympics are every few years but they in order to grow the women's game much like the men's game, we have to support the domestic league and the national women's soccer league is a great league in some ways. I'll say this in some ways, I think the women's game is more fun to watch than the men's game. The men's men's game can definitely get bogged down, um, into over physicality. Uh, a lot of times there'll be just over retaliation. If uh, one player gets fouled in the men's game, then, uh, his teammates will foul whoever fouled him and it'll just go back and forth like that and it'll really bog the game down and the women's game is I think at a lot of times is a lot more free-flowing and um, the, the passing can just uh, be a lot more open and uh, can be back a little bit more back and forth almost a little bit more like basketball in a way you know just the free-flowing up and down sort of of game and I think in that way it can definitely be a little bit more elegant um, to watch and especially with the high level of these 23 women of the United States who are 23 of the best players in the world um, it's it's beautiful to watch I mean my favorite personal favorite player um, on the U.S. Women's National Team is Tobin Heath, who is, for my money, one of the best, uh, most skilled f- soccer players I have ever seen. Her her ball skills are second to none. She uh, grew up idolizing Ronaldinho, the uh, Barcelona and uh, former Brazilian uh, superstar, who I'm sure everybody knows, and. She has skill almost on par with him. Some of the, if you haven't seen her, her uh, highlights, look them up on YouTube, and your jaw will drop. Some of the things she does, her her creative mind for what to do. She she says she enjoys, uh, she says she enjoys embarrassing other players, which is something that I really love, and the creativity that she possesses and the mindset that she possesses. Um, is just extraordinary and you really can't believe sometimes some of the things that she can do but um, what I'm trying to say is the national the NWSL the National Women's Soccer League needs to be we, we need if you enjoyed watching the United States win their uh, second World Cup in a row and get their fourth star on the shirt um, like like the song goes, if if you heard him sing that, um, the NWSL needs to be nurtured and loved, and we need to support it. Unfortunately, the the uh, NWSL used to have a Kansas City franchise, but 
that franchise folded a couple of years ago, a year or two ago. Um, and so I am unable to support a local team. I wish I had um, in the past, but that team folded and I think has moved um, to be the Utah Royals, which several of the U.S. women's national team players play for. But um, I'm just going to kind of hip you to the NWSL here so you can get kind of a, a gist of it Um get a feel for it and if you had like a favorite player favorite players i'm gonna rattle off um all 23 players and who they play for um so if you you know want to pick a team and help support the nwsl um and i'm going to tell you how you can watch it um i actually watched a game last night it was um the first game back for um uh, several uh, U.S. women's national team members. It was the Portland Thorns and uh, the Utah Royals. It was a really good game, really entertaining game. There were two goals um, in the last five or so minutes of the game, and it ended in a 2-2 draw. Um, and uh, those are two of the teams that I'm going to be supporting. Uh, Tobin Heath, like I said, is my favorite player to watch. I really love watching her play. Um men's or women's she is seriously one of the most entertaining footballers you could watch I think in the world just like I said her creativity is unmatched and her her skill just makes your jaw jaw drop sometimes but she plays for the Portland Portland Thorns um along with uh Lindsay Horan the great Lindsay Horan uh who's a central midfielder she she, uh, just got done playing in her first ever world cup uh a a young player with tons and tons of potential she's the reigning actually the reigning nwsl mvp so uh tobin heath lindsey horan uh emily sonnet who's a very talented young uh outside back uh and very very entertaining if you uh she's a very highly recommended social media follow she's one of the funniest players on the u.s women's national team um and always brings a lot of levity and um a lot of laughs to her team you need you need players like that uh to kind of uh remind everybody that you know it's it's a game and it's fun and she's kind of the one of the um i don't know uh the goofs of of the u.s women's national team and the um Portland Thorns and then the final player uh, from the U.S. Women's National Team for the Thorns is uh, goalkeeper Adriana French who is one of the backups to Alyssa Nair um, for this World Cup and could be possibly the starter going forward she's still pretty young and also she is a Kansan so um, any of my Kansans listening to this uh, she is from Salina Kansas so shout out to her we have a women's world cup champion from the great state of Kansas. So the, the thorns are a great team to watch and they played the Utah Royals who, um, boast three of the U S uh, internationals from this most recent world cup squad, uh, forward Kristen press. Also one of my favorites to watch. Um, one of the, one of the most, I think, um, just flat out talented, players on the roster she's behind Alex Morgan so she got some playing time she came off the bench a lot um, started one or two games um, scored a few goals um, but she definitely has a much more prominent role with her club team Utah Royals this is her first season with them Um, she's played off and on in uh, Sweden throughout her career and so she's just getting back to the NWSL this season uh, from her second stint in Sweden Um, but Kristen Press is just an amazing athlete and also if you ever see any interviews with her super um, intelligent um, and uh, one of the most positive cheerful people uh, and athletes you'll ever see she has an amazing smile and um is just super positive very easy to root for uh she's a stanford grad uh her coach i saw an interview with her coach when she was at stanford a lot of great players i think three or four of the current u.s women's national team 
players went to Stanford, um, actually to her two teammates um, on the Royals, uh, Kelly O'Hara and Becky Sauerbrunn, they all went to Stanford. And her coach said that Kristen Press is probably the most talented women's player to ever come from Stanford. And they have a, um, they have a pretty rich women's soccer history. So uh, Kristen Press is great, had an amazing goal. She um, she took on a single defender on the left side of the field and uh, nutmegged the defender. If you don't know what that means, it just means like you put the ball through the defender's legs and then go around them and and repossess the ball, um, which is always fun to watch. Um, and then she kind of uh, slotted it near post um, past the past Adriana French. And it was just a great. Uh, piece of individual play and that's definitely what you get with Kristen Press um, like I said Kelly O'Hara and Becky Sauerbrunn are her two teammates her two club teammates from the U.S. women's national team as well uh, I spoke on Kelly O'Hara before also a great personality super funny uh, another highly recommended social media follow she's she's very entertaining but um, when it ta- comes down to business she can um she's a, a right back so she um can definitely slide in there with some uh, hard tackles and um she she is she's all business and super fun to watch can definitely get into the attack as well a really good crosser of the ball um she's she's a longtime veteran of the of the national team and is just a an outstanding athlete um and um becky sauerbrunn is the third um, U.S. Women's National Team member, another veteran of the of the national team system. Uh, this is her. This was her third World World Cup, I believe. Um, so she's a two-time champ as well, three-time finalist. Um, she's uh, all of her uh, teammates call her the rock of the defense. She's a very very intelligent person and player. Um, is a great motivator. Um, if you watch the World Cup final, she took a knock on the uh, on the head, uh, which drew some blood. Had to get her head wrapped, um, cut her eyebrow a little bit, but came right back up on the field. And um, she is, and she finished the game. And um, all of her, um, you know. Uh, her teammates on the on the back line there on the defense uh say that she is the one that holds everything together and is kind of the the captain of that back line so um those three are um are wonderful um they all definitely made their mark on the game uh last night and uh it was like i said really entertaining game ended in a 2-2 draw but um let's get to the other teams here just so we can I can uh, let everybody in on um, all of the all of the players from the national team that are on each team. So we spoke on the Thorns and the Utah Royals. So Sky Blue FC only has one um, U.S. Women's National Team member from the 2019 squad, or the 19ers, as they're going to be called. The 99ers are obviously the iconic team with Mia Hamm, and so um, they're calling these the 19ers. Um, but that uh, one player is a very important player, and that is the legend Carly Lloyd, um, two-time Women's World Player of the Year, two-time uh, Women's World Cup champion, um, you know, the the player of the 2015 that amazing uh, World Cup run in 2015, the first of these back-to-back titles. Carly is probably done (laughs) unless by some some miracle she's going to be going to play till she's 40. Um, She's probably done in the World Cup. Um, Might make the Olympic roster next summer, let's hope, um, because I think she still has a lot to give. She, She definitely showed that during this World Cup run. Uh, she's just an absolute legend um, in the women's game, and she plays for Sky Blue FC, uh, who are in Piscataway, New Jersey. And um, if you know anything about Carly Lloyd, she's a proud Jersey girl, um, as she says, and gets to play in her home state. Um, but she's the lone, um, 
she's the lone player on Sky Blue FC. So if, if you love Carly Lloyd, um, definitely think about uh, following them. And uh, moving on, let's see here. Uh, the Chicago Red Stars have one, two, three, four of the World Cup champs. Uh, goalkeeper, goalkeeper Alyssa Nair, who um, made that incredible PK save um, in the England game. I think that was the semifinal. Uh, yeah, the semifinal versus England. Uh, England got a uh, rightly got a penalty kick in that game, and it looked like they were going to tie the game up pretty late there. Um, Alyssa Nair has taken a lot of criticism or um, unfair. Um, I just, people were unfairly, I guess, unsure of how she would do um, after replacing Hope Solo, who is a legend, um, probably the best goalkeeper in the history of the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, Hope Solo's contract was terminated after some off the field stuff, I believe, in 2016. And um, so Alyssa Nair has been the, the starter the last few years. And heading into this World Cup, she kind of, a lot of people were unsure if she'd be able to do the job. But she's a veteran. She's 31, I think. So she's a longtime backup of Hope Solo, has been around the program for a very long time, has paid her dues. And um, everything paid off uh, in that in that uh, PK save um, in the in the uh, semifinal against England that helped uh, propel them to the final and uh, ultimately the championship. Defender Tierna Davidson, who was the youngest player on the U.S. women's national team, she is only 20 years old, an extremely talented uh, defender. She mostly plays center back and also plays right back. Um, she was the number one pick in the NWSL drafts. Uh, two years ago, I believe. Uh, she's another Stanford grad, so that long line of uh, Stanford players, um, that tradition um, for Stanford showing through again. Um, she's going to be, I think, a superstar and is going to be uh, a rock on that um, back line for years to come once she gets her chance to start. Um, I think she only played in one of the games. I think it was the chile game um when after that 13 to nothing drubbing of thailand in the first game they kind of rested some players in the uh in the group stage before the sweden game um so i think tierna davidson only played in that game um but she has so much potential and um once some of these uh other players on the back line start to get a little bit older. I think you'll see Tierney Davidson getting a lot more playing time. Uh, midfielder Morgan Bryan, who um, was another one of the backups, is a very talented um, midfielder, also plays for the Red Stars, and um, she's just very creative uh, in, the, in the center of the midfield, uh, kind of plays a little bit box-to-box. Uh, she's a great playmaker and um it has a very kind of even keel calming presence which you, you can't you need in a mid in your midfielders i think um she also plays for the red stars and then uh julie Ertz, who um was a starter on this team she is a defensive midfielder kind of in the number six role if you know soccer um, there are kind of traditional numbers and the number six role is kind of a hard tackling defensive midfielder, but can also, once they win the ball can kind of, um, get the passing going and get kind of move the attack upfield. And, uh, there's nobody better for my money in the women's game who does that than Julie Ertz. She, um, in the last world cup was actually a center back. And so she kind of learned how to play midfield, but, Julie Ertz is such an amazing, amazing athlete um, that I think she could honestly play anywhere on the field um, and do amazing at it. Um, 
she she just has great defensive instincts um, and is a very physical player when she needs to be great on set pieces. She gets a lot of header goals, header goals on um, like corner kicks and things like that. So she can definitely uh, play up in the attack as well and is a, a great passer um, and kind of dic- dictates uh, tempo, the tempo of the game very well um, as well. Um, and um, she is just a great player. Um, she This was her second World Cup, and she, got, she helped uh, the United States uh, win back-to-back titles. So uh, those are the Chicago Red Stars right there. Um, the Houston Dash do are another team, but they currently do not have any of the U.S. Women's National Team players on their um on their roster, but uh, but they do have a lot of uh, Canadian players. Canada made the Women's World Cup. They have a lot of Australian players, a few English players. So definitely some uh, world class type of players there. Um, moving on, the North Carolina Courage, who are the defending champions of the NWSL, they won the title last year, have several of the U.S. Women's National Team players on there. Uh, forward Jessica McDonald, who um, got to bring her son, her son Jeremiah, who's like seven years old, I think, along for the ride. Um, that was great to see. Um, again, I can't recommend uh, the uh, behind-the-scenes videos on U.S. Soccer's YouTube channel enough. Uh, there's some great stuff with her and her son, and I'm sure that's a memory they'll both never forget. But she's a very talented uh, forward and goal scorer in her own right. She's on the North Carolina Courage, played sort of a backup role in the women's national team but um, uh, this in this World Cup cycle. But um, at 31 years old, congratulations to her she's a world cup champion um she she definitely fought to make that roster and she did it and um just congratulations to her uh at 31 years old never having played in a world cup or an olympic uh situation before so uh jessica mcdonald congratulations uh crystal dunn um is um a very talented midfielder slash outside back she was the starting left back on this uh, World Cup roster, but she also plays up in the sort of a more attacking role for the North Car- North Carolina Courage and um, definitely gets involved uh, in scoring goals and assists and things like that um, for her club team more so than uh, what her role is needed in the women's national team setting at this point. Um but she brings a lot of uh, a very like uh, diverse game and is a very um, kind of a Swiss Army knife kind of player. She can play all play all over the field, and it really is a testament to her just talent. Um, she is another University of North Carolina graduate. That's where Tobin Heath went as well. That they're just the ultimate powerhouse. I think they've won. 23 of 33 NCAA women's titles. That's where Mia Hamm went as well. And um, they just, they are like UCLA basketball in the 60s and 70s or like, I don't know, Alabama and football and American football. They just pump out so many players and are a complete powerhouse. But yeah, that's where Crystal Dunn went. And uh, she gets to play in the same state where she went to college on the Courage and is a great player. Uh, Samantha Mewis, who plays midfield and can also sort of play up on the forward line as well. She kind of had a bit of a breakout tournament. She did some really good stuff, scored a few goals. I think she got two in that route of Thailand, and she might have scored one or two other times throughout the tournament. But she looks very, very promising. Um a physical player um, with some some great uh, ball skills um, and uh, you know a, a howitzer of a shot she she's got a really powerful shot um, 
from distance um, and has scored some really great long distance goals um, from highlights and um, that I've seen and from games that I've watched. Um, so she's great. And then finally, um, defender uh, Abby Dahlkemper, who was uh, the other center back um, in the pairing with Becky Sauerbrunn uh, starting in this past World Cup. She's kind of emerged as one of the best women's center backs in the world. Um, she's 26 years old, so definitely still has a lot of great soccer in her um she was she did not make the 2015 team as she i think was just graduating from ucla um but she is phenomenal she's um very sound defensively um is a great pairing with sauerbrunn a very uh very smart player makes good decisions and one of the best uh passers out of the back uh, long distance and uh, short passing wise she's a great passer which is very valuable to have from the center back position um, and um, she's just got a lot of great soccer ahead of her I believe um, for many more years to come so there are the North Carolina Courage next is the Orlando Pride uh, Ford Alex Morgan uh, is the marquee player on this team everybody kind of knows at this point who Alex Morgan is she scores goals like it's her job she's climbing up the all-time uh, record list uh, for goals uh, I think in qualifying World Cup qualifying in the last year to year and a half she uh, was scoring at about a goal a game pace which is staggering Alex Morgan showed that she's way more than a goal scorer and is just an immensely talented all-around forward um, this past World Cup. And then um, alongside of her is defender Allie Krieger. Uh, outside uh, back, she's uh, mostly a right back, I think. Um, she came into the final in the second half after Kelly O'Hara had to go into concussion protocol. She took a pretty bad knock on the head um, and had to come out of the game. Um, if you don't know Ali Krieger's story, there is a phenomenal piece that she wrote um, with the Players' Tribune, which is a site where athletes um, write their own um uh, write their own pieces about uh, things going on in their life, thanking people, um, you know, making, speaking out of, uh, against or for things they believe in and um, things like that. Um, so uh, she wrote about how um, she basically wasn't on the U.S. Women's National Team for about uh, two years or so um, for no real explanation I mean there there was some uh, explanation where maybe she they she thought that maybe the uh, coaching staff thought she was a little too old she she's I believe 34 or 35 at this point um, but um, no real explanation and she kind of just goes through all of the um, trials and tribulations that she had to go through these past two years so I'm very very happy for her as much as um, any of the players on this team she really fought through a lot of adversity and now she's a back-to-back -back World Cup champion um, and then her fiance is actually backup goalkeeper Ashlyn Harris um, who's her teammate on the pride as well the Orlando pride who's a very entertaining player, a great goalkeeper, been around the program for a very, very long time. Um, this will probably be her last, both of their last um, World Cups as they're getting up there in age, but they've won back-to-back -back titles and they're going to get married soon, which is awesome. Um, if you have not seen Ashlyn Harris's Instagram stories for the the world cup final celebration that is a must um it probably doesn't it definitely doesn't exist on her instagram anymore but 
some great people have uploaded it to YouTube. It's all over YouTube, so just search for that. It was wild in that locker room, and Ashlyn Harris is a hilarious and great personality, so um, definitely check that out. Also, Sydney LaRue Dwyer, um, who's out on maternity leave, she they just uh, had their second child, her and her husband, Dom Dwyer, who used to play for Sporting Kansas City, um, and who plays for Orlando City SC um, there in Orlando. Sydney plays for the Pride as well, but she's out on maternity leave after uh, they just had their second baby, a baby girl. So congrats to them. But um, Sydney won uh, with the U.S. Women's National Team, won a World Cup uh, in 2015 with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, on to Rain FC, uh, who play in Tacoma, Washington, uh, right near Seattle. Uh, Megan Rapino plays for them is kind of their marquee star um megan rapino obviously the player of the tournament uh in this world cup uh on and off the field um just a very inspiring person for me i love what she stands for i love um her personality she's i think she's really funny um as well but um just she stands up for marginalized groups of all kind and is not afraid to speak her mind and is a great teammate as well as being a phenomenal phenomenal athlete and soccer player um and is really just the face will forever be the face of this team in my opinion this uh 2019 world cup team um and she plays with midfielder Allie long who's a, a very talented um, central midfielder. Um, used to play for the Portland, Portland Thorns a few years ago, but is now uh, playing for Rain FC. So you can catch her with Megan Rapino on uh, Rain FC. And then uh, getting to the Washington Spirit. Uh, forward Mallory Pugh, who's one of the future superstars in my opinion of of the team um she scored a couple goals at least one goal i know of in this um in this world cup she's only 21 years old and has all of the talent and potential in the world she teams up with one of her best friends and the breakout star of this world cup rose lavelle who scored that amazing goal in the final to wrap up the the title for the U.S. women. Um, she scored um, three or four goals throughout the tournament and was just definitely a breakout star, only 24 years old, could be one of the best players in the world going forward, has a ton of potential. So if you like um, young up-and-coming stars, the Washington Spirit is definitely the team um, to root for so that is all of the u.s women all 23 of them and the teams they play for and so now how do you watch the nwsl well uh yahoo sports has teamed up with the nwsl and you can download the yahoo sports app on itunes google play um they you can also watch it on your computer um, just Google it and you can stream the games on your computer. Um, you can get it, get the Yahoo Sports app on some Roku devices as well, some Apple TV devices. Um, for Apple TV, it has to be Generation 4 or uh, better, and Roku, it has to be Generation 3 or better. Um, so um, if you have an older model of those, you won't be able to do it. But um, like I said, like I said, um, I I watched the um, I watched the game on my computer last night, and it was good streaming quality, really good. But also, um, ESPN has awesomely um, teamed up 
with the NWSL for the second half of this season and hopefully going forward after this um, and is going to be broadcasting select games uh, throughout the rest of the season on ESPN2 and ESPN News. So I'm not sure exactly when this episode is going to come out. But it appears that on Sunday, August 11th on ESPN News, it'll be Portland Thorns FC and North Carolina Courage, the, currently the top two teams in the league. So definitely if you want to see some great uh, action in the league, check that out. But uh, yeah, go on ESPN.com. They're going to have games pretty much, I think, every weekend through the rest of the season and the uh, four-team playoff, the semifinals and the final, are going to be on ESPN2 uh, in late October. So, uh, yeah, uh, I know this was a long segment, but I feel very passionate about this. Uh, go check out the NWSL. If you live in a, a city with an NWSL team, go to their games. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, we don't have one here in Kansas City anymore, but I'll definitely be... Uh, watching as many games as I can, and I hope you will too. Uh, moving on, I wanted to kind of talk about briefly um, a podcast that uh, really I love is it's my current favorite podcast and has been for um, going on two years I think uh, in September uh, it's called all fantasy everything and uh, it's hosted by comedian uh, Ian Carmel who is a hilarious stand-up comedian and also uh, became the youngest uh, uh, late-night head writer in the history of late-night television. He's the head writer for The Late Late Show with James Corden and a very funny guy. And uh, he co-hosts, uh, he hosts the show with his co-hosts, uh, Sean Jordan and David Borey, who are also uh, Los Angeles-based stand-up comedians and good friends of his and the premise of the show is that they uh fantasy draft like a fantasy football draft or fantasy baseball draft things that are not exactly sports related such as sandwiches or one hit wonder songs or people who look like their names and it's a hilarious hilarious show they uh almost always have guests on sometimes it's just the three of them which is also really fun because those guys have a great rapport with each other um and are obviously like the best of friends and you can definitely tell that um but uh it's a hilarious show they've got a lot of great comedians and uh comedy writers and uh, different, you know, media personalities on there on on the show, um, and they just kind of draft it like you know, draft uh, different hilarious things uh, like uh, you would in a regular fantasy draft. Um, I'm not really doing it justice, but those guys definitely kind of helped inspire me to do a podcast, um, and I really do love their show um it has given me hours and hours of free entertainment and uh i would definitely check that out it's called all fantasy everything i just wanted to you know pay homage to them because um i love it i listen to it weekly comes out on thursdays uh it's a headgum uh network podcast and definitely check that out if you love comedy um and uh love to laugh so um, love those guys. Check them out. Finally, I wanted to get kind of into uh, three albums that I've been listening to that I guess you could say overlap in a way. Um, the first one is from a project uh, is a project from um, Ali Shahid Muhammad, who was the DJ and one of the producers in a tribe called quest which 
like I, I think I said earlier in the show, is my favorite rap group of all time, bar none. Uh, Q-Tip, Fife Dog, uh, Jirobi, uh, who came in and out of the group, but uh, Jirobi was a big part of the group, as all the members would say. Um, and Ali Shaheed Muhammad, who was one of the musical masterminds behind that group uh, with the, you know, the beats and the uh, all the instrumentation, all the music behind what they were saying. And uh, he has uh, collaborated, re-collaborated, I guess you would say, with Adrian Young, who he worked on the Luke Cage soundtrack. Those two guys were kind of the curators and the um, the front uh, front guys. They were the collaborators behind the the Luke Cage um, soundtrack, which was a really good soundtrack uh, of that show. If you watched it, and um, they are back with sort of a soul R and B album uh, with a lot of awesome guest collaborators on it a lot of vocalists since neither of them are really vocalists um, but they definitely do like sort of an orchestral sometimes jazzy with a hip-hop flair um, R&B soul sound and uh, let's pull up some of these guests here because it's a great um, it's a, a a list of great people. Uh, Raphael Sadiq, who was in Tony, Tony, Tony way back in the day and has had a very successful uh, solo career of his own, is uh, featured on a song. Uh, CeeLo Green. They've got a posthumous um, feature from Luther Vandross, I guess, on a previously unrecorded uh, vocal track, I'm guessing, on one song. Uh, Bilal, if you know Bilal, he's he's worked with uh, The Roots and sev- several other acclaimed artists, a very talented singer. Uh, he's on one of the songs. Questlove is featured um, uh, on, on one of the songs. James Poyser, who's also in The Roots, um, is he's a, w- one of their piano players uh, and keyboardists. Um, he's on one of the songs so like I said it's a very sort of orchestral um, jazz tinged R&B soul record that's great and if you're in the Kansas City area they are coming to perform at Record Bar which is my favorite place to see music in the city on October Monday October 28th and I already have my ticket very very excited to see a member of one of my favorite music groups ever perform live in any capacity. I know it's not Tribe, but it's Ali Shaheed Muhammad, who's a musical savant, a genius, in my opinion. Uh, the guy just knows how to make beautiful music and knows how to arrange music, beautiful, beautiful music. And um, very excited to see him. And Adrian Young in action on Monday, October 28th. Get your tickets at Record Bar uh, if you're in Kansas City. And it'll be a great time. I hope to see you there. Uh, The next album I wanted to get to, which I think kind of shares some uh, DNA with The Midnight Hour. uh, In a way, it's definitely got a soulful vibe to it uh definitely a lot of um orchestral arrangements on some songs that is the latest album from anderson pock um it's called ventura it was his fourth album and his third in like two years or so um and his second in six months his second uh in the last calendar year, I guess. Um, before he released this one, he released Oxnard, which was definitely a more hip hop uh, influenced uh, record. This one, he uh, wanted it to sound like mid 70s Philadelphia soul. And I think he definitely pulls that off here. 
uh, it's a great song with a lot of great features. Definitely a more laid back sound than a lot of his more upbeat hip hop stuff. But it just shows that Anderson Pac is like one of the most talented artists, I think, in music these days. He's he can sing. He plays drums. Uh, he raps. He he is like a band leader for uh, his band, um, and he's just he makes a lot of his own beats. He he's just supremely talented in many many ways, and uh, this one shows that he's not just a rapper. He he can uh, he can make a great like soul R and B record. And this one has a lot of great features on it. He's got a kind of a star-studded list as well. Uh, Andre 3000 is on the opening track, which is definitely, it might be my favorite track uh, with a great verse from Andre 3000, who, you know, I I know I speak for a lot of people when I say we we need more of him these days. I know he's kind of reclusive in a way, but you got to love three stacks. Uh, and he's he comes through as he always does with a great guest verse on that opening song. The second uh, song, "Make It Better," which is another standout one, has uh, the legend, the Motown legend, Smokey Robinson on backing vocals. Smokey doesn't actually have his own verse or anything, but you can definitely tell he's on uh, backup vocals, uh, which is. <laughs> For Anderson Pack to have him do backup vocals is kind of funny, but um, yeah, Smokey Robinson is featured on "Make It Better," the second track. Also um, on the uh, on the album is Lala Hathaway, Jasmine Sullivan, who are talented artists, um, Sonia Elise, and uh, Brandy is actually featured on uh, a track called Jet Black, uh, which is is cool to see her kind of back making, uh, you know, I'm sure she's always made music, but kind of back in the limelight a little bit, kind of some 90s uh, nostalgia for people. And then uh, the late, great Nate Dogg uh, is featured on the last track called What Can We Do? Um, but it's just a very, um, definitely throwback to some like Motown sound, um, but definitely kind of, uh, a more contemporary version of that, uh, Motown and, um, that Philadelphia soul that he was talking about with those kind of grooves and, um, uh, the R&B sounds so definitely check that one out if you haven't yet it, it came out a few months ago but um if you missed that one it's one of my favorite al- might be my favorite album of the year so far it's definitely in contention uh for my favorite of the year uh and then finally just I want to talk about uh something that actually just came out um it is uh Chance the Rapper's The Big Day came out this past Friday and uh, it is great in my opinion. It's pretty long. It is 22 tracks but um, it definitely held my attention the whole time and has a laundry list of amazing features on it. Uh, Ben Gibbard from uh, Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service is on the hook of one of the songs, which is pretty cool. Uh, John Legend is on one of the songs. Um, Taylor Bennett, who's a talented rapper, who's Chance's brother, is on one of them. Randy Newman is on a song, and it works, which is crazy, but it it's really cool. Um, he's on the hook of one of the songs. It's just... I mean the it's too long to to list all the features um Francis and the Lights who he's worked with before Gucci Mane's on a song 
uh, Nicki Minaj is on a couple songs and um, definitely uh, almost steals the the last track of the of the album. Uh, I love Nicki Minaj um, and uh, she brings a great verse to the last song on the album. Um, but he, um, what I love about Chance is he uh how he incorporates so many musical genres and styles and this is no different he uh obviously there's a lot of hip-hop but there's like trap which is a subgenre. there's a one song that's just drums and rap like them rapping over it um called hot shower which is a super trappy kind of sounding song there's one that's like a house song with uh sean mendez on it which is really cool there's definitely obviously there's gospel elements because it's chance the rapper um which is you know i love uh any kind of gospel or soul in hip-hop um he just dips into all different kinds of musical genres and um it's a very joyful album a lot of people give chance crap about being so happy all the time and uh, excited to be married I, I'm just gonna say have you seen his gorgeous wife and his beautiful daughter Kinsley I would be happy too if I had family like them um, he he's the guy's got so much to be happy about and I'm you know I'm all about um, mindfulness and chances the ultimate mindful guy um, to and be to be thankful for what he has to make joyful music, to make, you know, want to make people happy. Um, I don't think he's corny at all. A lot of people think he's corny, not me. I love everything he does, you know, um, in and out of music. He's obviously raised millions, donated millions of dollars to Chicago public schools and to mental health care, um, helped out his city a ton, which I love. I love that he loves being from where he's from, just like I do. Um, check out The Big Day if you haven't. It's I really like it. I I know it's a lot of people are like, oh, it's not coloring book. Coloring book's phenomenal, obviously. But this one, the only real gripe I have with it is it's maybe a little too long. I mean, it's like 22 tracks is a lot. There are some skits on it, which don't really count in my opinion um but as a first quote-unquote debut album because he says you know the the other ones before this were um were mixtapes quote-unquote um he, this one is a great collection of music it's all about him getting married to his now wife and uh they're daughter Kinsley and their baby on the way and how grateful he is for all of it so um yeah just check it out it's a very joyful record and I just I love it I'll be listening to it all summer it's a very summery happy fun album all right and I think that's gonna be it for this episode guys um thanks for sticking with me as I try to um propagandize my crusade with uh getting people on board with the nwsl i hope you join me i hope you watch i hope you support just pick your favorite nwsl players and pick what team they're on and follow that team it's it's going to be a lot of fun it's really fun soccer and um hashtag grow the game baby that's what this episode's going to be called. Uh, that's kind of the hashtag. Shout out to Budweiser and Procter and Gamble for investing in the league. I hope more companies do that. Um, but uh, yeah, hashtag Grow the Game and uh, check out All Fantasy Everything. Check out uh, the Midnight Hour, Ventura, and the Big Day. Those albums, some great summer listening um and 
Uh, our next uh, next week's guest, uh, I'm proud to announce, is a guy I actually went to high school with. I know it's all people I know here um, in the in the first few episodes, um, but uh, Joe Stanziola, who's a local Kansas City hip hop musician under the moniker Secondhand King, is going to be my guest on the next episode. Um, that we'll get to you in a week or two here. Sorry that this one was a bit late, um, but I had to go in and uh, re-record some stuff. was not happy with some of the stuff the first time around, um, but I'm glad you uh, get this episode with me, and I uh, look forward to you talking with Joe, a.k.a. Secondhand King, uh, next uh, time around. Thanks to Sheldon Adams, my dear friend in Seattle, um, who did the art uh, for Would Recommend, uh, the awesome art. Thanks to Micah Shuley for helping me uh, build the uh, website, woodrecommendpodcast.com. Uh, listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at woodrecommendpodcast.com if you so desire on the website. And thank you to Raz again for the awesome instrumental inspired by a tribe called quest uh according to in his words um great music shout out to you raz you're the best all right until next time people thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time thanks Bye.